This episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And we're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's the U.S. Open DFS show. It's your boy, Boston Capper, with the God of himself, Steve Shermer, and very special guest, Mr. Nagels Bagels. Jeffrey, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Boston Capper. Always nice to hear you introduce somebody as a very special guest, since you do it every single freaking week. But don't, don't think I haven't heard that, by the way. Don't think I haven't heard that. I, I mean, listen, make sure I do it. I make sure I do it to you on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I think you were our very first guest on this show anyway. So, I mean, yeah. you are actually a very special guest. It's a very special honor that you have. Well, when like you call Don, everybody like a very Rickles. special guest, it loses its luster. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching. Like the Don Rickles of the Golf Gambling Podcast. Man. That's it. You're, just, <laughs> you're on constantly. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one who listens to this podcast gets that reference. Johnny Carson was a very famous late night uh, show host, guys. So, uh, I know Johnny Carson. Though. I know you. I know because we're old. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, you know Johnny Carson. Is. There you go. So it is U.S. Open <laughs> week. So before we get kind of into this golf course, though, um, do you want to talk about a little bit what happened with a uh, final qualifying? With uh, you were you went out to New Jersey oh. and uh, you were sweating your boy Andy Pope, and I was following all day, and he got yeah. the start, and it looked like he was hanging around. So you want to get into a little bit of what happened there? He made a birdie on 11, and I really thought I was going LACC. I thought, <laughs> wow. thought it had it, man. I started getting texts. My brother was sending me screenshots of the leaderboard. He was tired for the lead. He was letting me know what Thor Bjornsson was doing or whatever, but you know, he just needed to get into the top four. The day itself was a lot of fun. I was out there, first tee, 7 a.m., first one's off. Yeah. It was really cool. It's really cool to have some a friend of yours be that good at golf. And <laughs> no, it's just just yeah. watch them play and navigate the round and just the ability to the bounce back ability that you just don't see for regular people. You know, if you make a sloppy bogey, then it comes back with three straight birdies. It's like, well, that's usually we throw our clubs in the into the pond. But I uh, yeah, it was uh the wheels kind of fell off at the end. It was a a sloppy three putt on 15. I made a great par save on 16 and 17 was this like crazy impossible uphill par three that he didn't get on the green and made bogey there. So he had two bogeys in the last four holes. Oh, and he know, wow. we knew he needed a birdie on 18 from the fairway. He's like a buck 80 out. He knocks it to four feet and then he missed the putt. It was oh no, oh, no. Uh, yeah, it was devastating. It was no. it was devastating because if he makes that, he's he's probably going to be in a playoff, mm-hmm. which was anything could happen. Would have been nice to salvage yeah. a playoff. Yeah, but real. no, that was. I really felt. I I felt for him. He felt bad for us, and I felt bad for him. My brother's texting me, knowing how selfish I am. He's like, "Listen, I know you're pissed, but like, it's worse for him." And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know what's worse for him, but it was such a, it was such a fun ride and we hung out that night and it was great, but it was, uh, the experience itself. I really, I had one foot. I, I was halfway on to Expedia booking my flight to go out there to LA. Like it, he was there. My dad's texting me. 
<laughs> uh, hey, is this on the golf channel? What times it come on? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm on the 14th hole, Dad. I can't, I don't know golf channel's programming. He's like, they're showing the memorial from yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> sweet guy. But I, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was tough. Mm-hmm. But he's really good. And I don't know what his plan is now if he's going to go. I know he's got the Florida Open next month. He won that last year. Maybe he can win it again. And I don't know if he's going to go to Q school in the fall, but it was a, it was, it was a tough day, but it was, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah. It was just almost, almost made it. I'm sorry. I keep That's fine. Well, what's Well, how's the vibe there? Like, you know, like, do you get pretty good access as far as like, like how close can you get to the guys? Are there ropes up or can you kind of just walk? Oh no, I was walking and, on the fairway. I was, oh, that's really, that's yeah, cool. you were, I was the only like with that group for most of the morning. I was the only one there. There was another guy, maybe a member. Towards the end, he started to get a little bit of a crowd because he was towards the top of the leaderboard. But um, there was never any cameras or anything. Yeah. But it was uh, no, it's wide open. I saw Cameron Tringali with his stupid string and his his rolled up socks on the punting green, Mm -hmm. and uh, 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 Jim Herman was there. And uh, who else? Who else did we see? Um, yeah, there were a couple. Scr- I think it was Kelly Craft there. I think. Kelly Craft. I ran into Kelly Craft yeah. in the men's room. That was fun. <laughs> uh, Barry Henson talked to Barry Henson, and he okay. ended up qualifying. Mm-hmm. And I was there with Christopher Powers. You guys know CP, so yeah. we were there. Uh, he talked to Thorne Bjornsson after the round, and yeah, it was cool to see these guys. But it was, and it, yeah, it's a good vibe. And sitting there having lunch, and you see these all these people coming through and this guy, you can just tell like who's an athlete and who's not. And these, these college kids, it's, 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 it's a scene. It, it is quite the scene, but uh, it was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's on my bucket list to go to one of those um, qualifiers, like maybe go like over to Ohio or something. Cause yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a rich man's corn fairy tour event. Those ones in Columbus or Toronto. So, and especially if you can get access like that and kind of walk the fairways as long as you're not kind of the, you know, a dick about anything. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to kind of walk side by side with everybody. So oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Uh, all right. So why don't we transition or transition to LACC? Um, so you told me before the show that you might have a couple questions, uh, for me about the golf course and Capper, if you have any other questions for me, uh, I'm sure yes. you maybe thought of a couple too. So far away, Jeff, uh, right, what's so on your mind? My first question is based on what I'm hearing, uh, as far as the, like, the agronomy goes, it's a California, they're in California, but I hear on a lot of, uh, Bermuda grass, uh, fairways and rough and that makes me think of Florida. So I am like kind of because I have like this thing with California golfers and Florida golfers and guys I won't play in Florida and guys I won't play in California and that whole thing. So I just want to know like what do you think of that theory? How are you playing that? What what if you're if it's what golf courses should I be thinking of as far as Bermuda fairways and rough, but not well, you know, the bentgrass greens. Well, I mean, you just had one last year in Southern Hills. Okay. Uh, you know, rolling topography, Bermuda, grass, bent grass greens. So there you go. I mean, so the type of Bermuda they had there is a Bandera Bermuda. It's kind of basically just your run-of-the-mill Bermuda. Um, it can be very clumpy. It's pretty It's pretty long. It's about three to four inches. Uh, there are runoff areas around the green. There's thick rough. 
But the, around the bunkers, though, it's actually a different grass. It's tall fescue to make it look a little more natural. That's definitely kind of gnarly. So these guys are going to be dealing like a lot of different types of agronomy this week as far as the tall fescue, if they're in there, uh, the Bermuda. If they're down the Barranca, it's just a bunch of maybe like weeds and plants and just like sandy soil. So, uh, I mean, these guys, if, if they miss a green, uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them. Uh, and yeah, off the fairways, uh, there have been some spots where the USGA has grown in the rough a little bit. But for the most part, though, pretty wide corridors to operate. Uh, some of the fairways are contoured in a way where if you hit the wrong side of it, it's going to go towards the other side and the wrong side. You know, and we'll see if angles kind of matter as far as if you're on the wrong side of the fairway, that makes your approach a little more difficult. Um, we've heard that story before. It hasn't really worked. Uh, but as far as agronomy goes, yeah, I, I think, you know, I just looked at general, especially with um, around the green performance. I looked at Bermuda history, and I think that's a good reference point to go to this week. Okay. My next question. Okay. Um, can you hit it anywhere here? No. If you're a bomber, like, I mean, are we... I mean, can you hit it anywhere? So you can't miss big for the most part. Right. And that's kind of what I just talked about with this whole angles thing. So Jeff Shackelford was a big contributor to redoing this golf course and he's big on angles. So they did try and recreate some of the greens where if you are on the wrong side of the fairway, you got to carry over a bunker or there's a pin position you can't get to. Now the problem though, with some of that is the USGA is going to run these greens pretty fast. And these greens aren't designed to run at a 13 centimeter and have a lot of these pin locations. So there could be situations where the USGA kind of loses pins as far as like, all right, they lose ideas and it doesn't matter what side of the fairway you're on. But, you know, for example, though, you know, the fifth fairway is like a 60 yard wide fairway. But if you hit it down the middle or to the right, it's going to roll all the way down towards the right into the rough. And at that point, you have trees you got to navigate with. You got to carry it over two deep bunkers. Uh, you just don't really have a lot of room to work with. But on, if you're on the left side of the fairway up on the hill there, it's a flat light. Uh, there's a bailout zone to the left there in case you do hit, have a poor shot. So there are situations like that where you do have to be a little strategic off the tee to make sure you're in the correct spot. But for the most part, though, you know, as long as you're in the short grass and these guys are so good, too. Um, you know, as long as you don't miss huge and you don't miss in the exact wrong spots, you should be okay. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. My, my other questions are for specific players. So as we go through the board, okay. I might drop it. All right, perfect. Yeah. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and then uh, we'll start breaking down the, uh, the, the board. Yeah. That's it, man. Well, listen, this episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the fir world's first bet now. Pay later visa card. Edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred bucks in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down to some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Months double down on your favorite bet uh, that you like, and even use to create an awesome middle or even hedge, which we do not support on this podcast. Yes, no hedge. Um, Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know any way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost can also be a part of your responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, and monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash edge. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 or older. A problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLING. Okay. All right. Let's start breaking down the tiers and uh, let's do a little differently. Well, not quite all that different, but uh, 
Let's start with the $10,000 range and let's throw Rory in that too. He's at $9,900. We might as well include him. Uh, in this discussion. Okay. So uh, right now we got Scotty Scheffler at 11-4, John Rahm at 11-1, Brooks Kepka 10-8, Patrick Cantley 10-3, Victor Hovland a flat 10,000, and Rory McIlroy 9,900 bucks. Seems like ownership right now uh, is definitely heavy on Scheffler for obvious reasons. He has been great tee to green. Uh, a lot of support on Hovland. People want to ride that wave. Maybe they missed out at Memorial. Maybe they got a little bit of FOMO, so they're trying to you know capture a little bit more magic, see if Hovland can kind of keep it going. Um, Jeff, why don't I kick it off to you? Um, I guess, do you have any concerns between either Scheffler or Hovland as far as maybe, you know, the ownership might not be warranted or do you think they're good shock? Well, one of the guys I wanted to ask you about was Victor Hovland. I can't okay. figure out the short game woes with this rough around the greens, like at a Bay Hill or a Memorial. and then. But then also he performed quite well at St. Andrews. And I don't know what's going on around the greens at this particular golf course. I've seen him chip at Augusta and it was ugly. And I don't want to be the guy that doesn't have faith in Victor Hovland, but I'm kind of the guy that doesn't have any faith in Victor Hovland. <laughs> I, I played him at Colonial after the PGA and everybody told me that was dumb. And of course, you know, I, I don't know what he, what he finished, uh, like 16th. Yeah. And then, of course, he wins the following week. I can't, I don't know what's going on around the green here. It seems like it's a mixed bag. There's runoff areas and there's rough. Yeah. I just think that's going to get to him eventually. But from a DraftKings perspective, he's, he'll be fine. He can, he's a good enough player. He could top 10. I just don't know if he's going to win. And I think that's what you want when you're picking from this range. So I will probably fade the ownership in this spot. What do you think of that? Tapper, where you go? I, I agree with you. So I'm the same way. Like I definitely have FOMO for missing out because uh, I had to go ahead and have a stupid heart attack. Uh, I didn't get, uh, I didn't, I didn't get any, I didn't get any Hovland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. Like my eyes tell me that it's the, the chipping still not there. Like it, you, if you look at what he did on, I think it was Sunday at Augusta, it was real bad. And even some of the shit he was doing Thursday through Saturday, it was like luck box type stuff. But Steve, tell me if I, I'm thinking about this, right? Like, so he has problems with the tight lies, right? I feel like he can is, is or is it kind of, is it kind of all over well, so in my here, brain? It's tight lies. So here, so here's the thing. If there's a situation where it's a tight lie, kind of like at St. Andrews, or even, even at TPC Sawgrass, where you can putt, then it's usually okay. Right. Um, but for the most part, though, I mean, it seems like he's had a lot of problems with a lot of stuff, bunkers, yeah. tight lies. Now, it has gone a little better. It seems like he's gotten a little better with from out of deep rough. But you're right. I mean, I think that is a, definitely a concern where there are going to be a lot of different styles of chipping you have to do this week. Now, even at the end of the day, he still gained slightly at Augusta National. So this year, mm -hmm. so part of that might have been just course conditions, but it wasn't a total disaster. So if he can just do that, and just with what his ball striking has been, and how good he, a long iron player he is, and how good of a bent grass putter he is, then sure that can be fine. But um, I mean, if he starts slipping a little bit with the ball striking. Um, you know, that can be a problem. Now, I think the one thing that might be in his favor this week is the weather's supposed to be really good, not a whole lot of wind. 
so far this week, it seems like the the um, the storyline about the golf course is how it's a little softer than they might have liked. Now it might firm up firm up as the week goes on, but I think that might play into Victor Hovland's favor. You know, we kind of saw at Augusta National where he was really good in kind of calmer conditions, and then once the weather kind of turned, he, he suffered then because he wasn't hitting as many greens. That could be the case this week. Maybe he just has a great driving week. You know, he's got the combination of length and accuracy. Maybe he just hits a lot of greens this week and just gets hot with a putter. And maybe that short game kind of isn't really a huge issue for him. So, uh, but I mean, at, at this ownership, though, I mean, you know, you can make a great case for Rom at looks like maybe half the ownership. I mean, it's higher price. Uh, you can probably even make a good case for Rory at half the ownership, too. So it just kind of depends on if you want to eat the chalk with Hovland and maybe differentiate down low or go with another option. I mean, I, I, I think, I think there's only really one guy in this range. I have giant concerns with. So, um, you know, Capper, why don't you go though? Uh, I guess talk about this range a little bit. Talk about anybody else you might have concerns, uh, up here. I mean, I was, I'm always going to have concerns with Cantlay with, with fucking majors because every stat model is going to say he's awesome. And my eyeballs and, and memories tell me he is not awesome at places like this. So I'm just going to, that's it. I'm just going to pass. I'm going to stick to my guns uh, with that one. I also don't think there's any fucking way that Rory stays as low owned as he is at 9,900 coming off three top tens. Rory has his fanboys uh, and he's another guy who, who pops on the model. There's, there's no way he stays this slow with, without a 10 in front of his name. Like I get like people are going to want to play Victor, but as the week goes on, they're not going to let Rory be under a, okay. you know what I mean? He, even, even if it does, even at last till Wednesday, Wednesday night, people are going to be making lineups. So wait, wait, hold on. Rory's only going to be 12% and I'm getting 20 at Hovland. And then it's going to flop. It's going to flip flop. Right, like or Xander, or like one or the other. Like ownership will shift from Vic or Xander or Homer or maybe even Cantlay and go to Rory because he's going to look like he's going to be underowned. Um, but I think I think Scotty's the play here. Like whatever, eleven four is definitely affordable. Um, there's what the fuck you say other than he can't putt and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he can't putt <laughs> four top fives in a row. Like if he's he's ridiculous what he's doing tee to green. It's fucking insane. And I'll take it. Like I'll I'll roll with the tee to green and, and see what he does on some. Uh, I mean, he likes putting at Augusta, so we'll see. There you go, Jeff. Is is that the play for you? Is, is it Scotty Scheffler for you? Uh, I'm I haven't decided. Can we talk about like Brooks Kepka and John Rahm yeah. for a second? Of course. I, I don't feel. I feel like they deserve some attention. So, like yeah. I talked about before with California versus Florida, like Rahm is like for some reason notoriously hasn't been great in Florida, with the exception of maybe popping his head up at the players one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that an agree? Do you think that might be an agronomy thing? Is that, does that correlate here at all? Is that, is that, a, is, is there a case to be made? I don't think so because uh, you know, the DP world championship at Jumeirah States, that's okay. all, that's all Bermuda. It's got all that puffy Bermuda there too. So I don't think it's a, a, an agronomy thing for him. And you know, he's won Kapalua and that's Bermuda too. Okay. So I, I don't think it's a Bermuda thing. It might just be, um, I mean, he doesn't really play a whole lot of Florida courses. He plays, I mean, the players, which he blew one year. Um, he actually was playing well through one round this year and then withdrew because he had the uh, the shits. Yes. Um, I think he has like a top 10 at Innisbrook, too. Yeah, he, so, he, was, first round, he was first round leader. At, was it API? Yeah, actually, he was. And then he kind of collapsed after that. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it might have been a little bit of bad luck with him. And then as far as Kepka, because I know, I know where you're going with this. Is the California thing with Kepka because he's on record saying he doesn't really like California courses. 
Yep. Is, that, is, is that where you're going with that? I was I wasn't going with that. It's just that we hadn't talked about it, and okay. he seems to be like the guy that you guys were talking about ownership before. I just thought that Brooks would be the more popular. It doesn't seem I'm not getting any impression from you guys that he is, and mm-hmm. I wanted to know what like uh, what you thought about that. Are you in on Brooks this week? Are you guys not on Brooks? Or I mean, my, Capri, my thing I is I can't, I can't. Yeah, so my thing is I can't play them all, right? So. So um, if I'm going to start a majority of my lineups with Scotty, uh-huh. going Scotty Brooks makes life very, very difficult okay. um, to, to like to like my builds. So probably not. Like I'll probably I'll probably skip him in Cantlay, and I'll probably just have a mixture of the two big dogs, and uh, I'll skip Cantlay because I don't think he can do it. And look, I, it's not that I don't think Brooks can win. He absolutely can win. He's fucking. He's a. You know what I mean? Like he just won the PGA. He's obviously in good form. This should be a good course for him uh, in theory. Um, I think I don't think so, Steve. You talked about it, but I think it's because he doesn't like Poa, right? Isn't that why he didn't like California? Because he, he doesn't like Kikuyu. He's like Kikuyu. That's it. So he didn't really like uh, Tory Pines, and he didn't really yeah. like Riviera. Although yeah. at the U.S. Open, Tory Pines, he almost. He's fourth, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, and I think that just goes to show how good he is in U.S. Opens. I mean, like you throw him at kind of any different style course. I mean, he contended at Pebble Beach. He contended at, or he won Aaron Hills. He won Shinnecock. Mm-hmm. So, and that actually is those are two golf courses I use this week to kind of compare to what we might see as far as a lot of elevation changes, uneven lies, rolling topography, and that's kind of on the extremes too, where Aaron Hills is really slow soft receptive where if the golf course is kind of playing a little slower it might be turned into that or if it just gets crazy baked out and firm and fast that's shinnecock and that also had kind of wide fairways and rolling topography and really tough up and downs kind of like what you're going to see this week you know different agronomy but you know he's a florida guy he's one you know he's one on a, a bermuda golf course before uh you know does really well down in florida when he's down there as well so you know what i i, I i'm fine with brooks um, you know, I mean, I just, it's Brooks Kepka at the U S open, uh, and he's got low ownership. So I, I don't see any reason why he won't do well. I don't speak. I don't think he's going to stay low on same thing with Rory. Like it's only, what is it? Monday night, nine o'clock. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Especially because people who are going to have FOMO who didn't get him at 40 to one or 50 to one or whatever. And now. They're gonna have to eat a fucking twelve to one bet them outright. No, they're gonna. Well, that's what I thought was happening. That's what I thought was happening at the PGA, and that's why I was like, God, everyone's betting Brooks now because he's he's back and everything. And so the guy, he's he's not gonna win. But now it's like (laughs) I don't know. Now the number's too low. But yeah, but I don't even know how much golf this guy's been playing since he won. He's got the Panthers in the playoffs and. I don't know what he's doing. And I've been wrong about Brooks for like four years and my brother wants to bet him. I know nobody cares about that, but like if, if, if like more people are getting in on him now, because it's, it's just not that easy. I'm having a hard time. I don't know what to do with him. I have one more question. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, can, I, can I say one last thing about Brooks before you get yeah. to your next question? Yeah. So about that, about that outright. Cause I looked into it too. All his majors, he played the week before. So he's had two weeks off at this point. Mm-hmm. So take that for what you may. So maybe it's just a top 10 for him. Maybe it's a top 15 finish, but um, I think there is something to, and then why I like to a lot of the PGA and I wish I just had him. Yeah. That, thanks dude. Sorry, um, was because I remember, cause people were saying, Oh, well, what's this comparison to, to Tulsa to what he's going to go to Oak Hill. And I remember, well, he finished like top five at Trinity forest. And then went to Beth page black the next week. We're all saying, Oh, he looks good. He looks ready. Yeah. So I do think though, 
him having the week before kind of like having that, you know, cruise control 65 on Sunday, seeing like, all right, we're all systems go. I like seeing that. The fact that I didn't see that this time, you know, I, I didn't bet him outright, but I think just how this golf course is set up, he'll be just fine. Yeah. All right. You used to have a thing with Cantlay about Bermuda fairways, I believe. Or Bermuda uh, everything, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Right. Does, that, does that theory hold this week? Are you still on that, or has that been dispelled at any point? So I looked into it. The problem is there's so few rounds where like it's actually all Bermuda rough Bermuda fairways. He just doesn't play a lot of those. He plays a lot of combinations of like Zoysia and Bermuda or like a lot of overseeded stuff where that can kind of go either way. Sometimes it might be a little bit of the ryegrass. Sometimes it might be all Bermuda. Uh, I wanted to see how we did at the president's cup as far as like around the green. And unfortunately they took all that shot link data off their website, which kind of sucked. Um, it's not quite as bad as what I made out to seem last night, but even so though, I just have a hang up on him on Bermuda and I understand he has, he used to have the course record here. That was 10 years ago. So I even went digging into what his home course was at, uh, at UCLA. It's, um, it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, I forget what it is, but it's, it's the one that OJ, uh, was a member of where he, where he was looking Brentwood? for Brentwood, all Brentwood, Brentwood, Brentwood country club. And it's Kikuyu though. So that <laughs> didn't even help me either. So I've been, I, I've been burned a lot by Cantlay. Now the one thing about Cantlay though, and I talked about it last night is there is a very strong trend that regardless of what type of golf course you go to narrow wide, whatever, just the guys who come in highly ranked in stroke gain off the tee have been winning. Like even last year, Fitzpatrick was 10th coming in. Rom was third. Bryson was first. Woodland was 11th. Uh, DJ was third. Spieth was even 12th. And Cantley's sitting right in that top 12 there. And there's been a lot of guys and winners of the U.S. Open who have been inside the top 12 and starts getting off to coming in. So that's kind of scary. I'm just going to auto-fade that. Um, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I, it worked last year at Southern Hills. We have the same agronomy there. Okay. So I'm just going to keep going with it. All right. Like it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Like it. Any comments with a ten thousand dollar range, or uh, no, I think, we, think we covered. Yeah, right, I, think, take, yeah I think we covered that. All right. Why don't we take another quick break, and then uh, we'll start covering the rest of the ranges. So, real, real quick before the break, if, if anybody wants to uh, enjoy themselves, YouTube uh, Norm McDonald OJ. There's like a fucking five minute cut up clip of nothing but Norm McDonald doing OJ jokes on Weekend Update. Uh, I found it when I was actually flying home from Rochester. It was uh, it was very helpful. For any young kids who don't know, Norm McDonald, greatest weekend update host ever. And he eventually gets fired from SNL because he would not stop making OJ Simpson. Uh, all right. All right. Stress in peace. All right. Anyway, so bird dogs, man. Uh, these are the shorts that we're talking about. They make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts. Um, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, even if you ain't got it. And they do the same exact thing as Lululemon, but fit. Uh, in a better way. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff and restricting cotton. Bird Dog fix, fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Listen, as somebody who lives in Florida, who golfs in the summertime or is dragging kids around some unnamed <sighs> theme park, there is nothing worse than chafing. So if these shorts can help you not chafe, 
I uh, I think uh, I think I'm looking forward to getting my pair. So listen, you go to birddogs.com slash pool, enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. Uh, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Okay. All right. Nine thousand hours. We already did. Who doesn't Rory buy anti wicking shorts anymore? Like people still make these things. Like who wears those? I don't know. <laughs> who I don't wears know. those? Yeah, no problems to worry about, Capper. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, nine thousand dollar range, ex- excluding Rory McIlroy. You got Xander nine six hundred bucks, Max Homan ninety four hundred, Cal Morikawa nine three hundred, Jordan Speed nine two hundred dollars, Matthew Fitzpatrick ninety one hundred dollars, and Cam Smith nine thousand bucks. So of course we're going to start with Xander here. Uh, so Jeff, look, I, I said I was going to swear off Xander after the Oak Hill. I just I can't bet him outright anymore, but. Listen, it's late at night. I've had a couple drinks and I've been looking at the data and he's blowing up my phone. And you know what? Like, I, I, I'm wondering if I should just go back at this point. So either talk me out of it or talk me into it. So how's your temperature with Xander this week? I, I, I think, well, it's weird. My temperature is kind of based on everybody else's temperature. I, I remember I was so livid Masters week because he was everybody's darling. And then... People even went back to him at the PGA. And I'm just kind of kind of hoping and praying somehow, some way, that maybe, just maybe, it's not gonna be a week where based on like where he's priced and where his odds are, and just how everybody else is trending. Hovland's the guy, Sheffer's great, and John Rahm's in California, and this seems like a Jordan speed track and then his Brooks, he's back and maybe just maybe people are forgetting about a high priced. His odds are too. You can't bet Xander at 18 to one. That's impossible. He never wins. Maybe this is the week. Finally, that it, he, he, it's my, it's, it's my time. Like he get he gets the job done. I, I've been feeling it for a little while, but I've always needed the, the stars to align properly. And I know a lot of people don't believe in all that shit and that's fine, but I do. And my proof is that Xander has been like a chalk bomb darling in <laughs> majors for like five years and he hasn't won one. So maybe well, he could come in under the radar a little bit like he did when he showed up at the masters twice. Uh, both those times he was coming in in lousy form and nobody picked him. I I'm hoping guy's been great at the U S open. He's got great, form in this tournament. I don't know if it's going to play like a traditional U.S. Open, but yeah, he's going to be in my lineups. I pro- will probably start a few lineups with him there, and I'm hoping people go somewhere else. They're sick of Xander. Capper, like, you're a good guy to ask. Like, are you dumb? Like, see, on the boat. You're done with him. He sucks. Get yeah. rid of him. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know if that's what people are saying, and if that's what's happening right now, like, yeah, all right. No, we, we might have a shot here. Let's go. So I like I like him as a placement that like, I like I'm sticking to my guns about not betting him or can't lay. Like they're just constantly just disappointing me. And I, it's like whatever, another twenty to one loser, twenty two to one loser. Like, forget it. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather just bet the top of the board and actually cash bets. Um and, and I like I like I like him to, you know, I'll probably take a look at him top ten, maybe even top five. Um yeah, just because he's such a stud at U.S. Opens, and he does everything well. He doesn't do anything poorly. You know what I mean? So when when a course is going to test multiple facets of your game, like even if he's not the best at it, it's, he doesn't have one path that's going to completely fucking sink you. So he's a great DFS play for that reason, right? His, his floor is so high. Um, I just don't. I'm not betting him outright. I have no problem using him in DFS, but I'm not betting him outright. 
Okay. Yeah. So like I, so part of, uh, I mean, I always link Cantlay and Xander as two guys who sometimes I trouble on Bermuda, but it seems like at least looking around the green, um, he's been a little better around the green in Bermuda. Uh, so the players championship, they overseeded, but I remember this year, a lot of the Bermuda was popping up because it was really warm. Did really well, well around the green that week. Uh, he did well around the green at Austin country club with some of the dormant Bermuda Same thing with Harbor town. Again, that's overseeded, but the Bermuda was starting to come up there. He did well around the green there. So I'm maybe I'm a bit a little unfair to Xander as far as the around the green stuff. He fits a lot of golf courses. I looked at this week. Obviously I mentioned Shinnecock Hills and Aaron Hills. Well, T five at Aaron Hills, T six to Shinnecock, obviously really good at Augusta, great at Kapalua. So really good on uneven lies with a lot of uphill shots, downhill shots. Um, I mean, again, just, it seems like with every single major fits all the categories as far as long iron play, there's some really crucial wedge shots you got to hit this week. He's really good with his wedges too. So, you know, and he's just great at us opens in general, like, you know, my co-host said, so it just depends on if I want to, you know, be weak again and, uh, throw money at Xander and he just he disappoints will. me. He will. I, I haven't yet. I, I, I mean, he has it by Wednesday. He hasn't, he hasn't cracked the top 10 in like two events. Yeah, ever, right? ever, yeah. ever since. I mean, he, he stinks. Well, he ever, stinks. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't had a top 10 since you went out there at uh, Torrey Pines, uh, you know, back in uh, 2021 at a major. Oh, so. I mean, well, that's, that's, that, well, that's, that's, another, that's another comment, though. You're actually not going out now. So is that maybe sure. going to sway the universe at this point? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I thought about that. Um, I'm trying to trying to find a silver lining. I mean, I just uh, like when is enough enough? People have got to get sick of it at some point, right? He's got to get. He's got to. I've wanted. I was trying. I I don't know who I was talking to. But I wanted him to like blow out at Memorial, and he went out first day. I think he shot like 75, 76 first day of Memorial, and then clawed his way back and ended up in the top twenty. Or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. It was top 20 because he, I was cussing him uh, like no one's business. Why can't he just miss a cut and just <laughs> fade into the darkness? No. Not, he's got to stick around. He's got to be relevant. And I don't know how, I don't know how people are going to react. I really, it really, I really believe that it hinges on that. Uh, I, I've been waiting for him to win a U.S. Open or win a Masters, but it's got to be the, the, the stars have to align. There's a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, Steve, I think you should do it. I think you should do it. All right, so I got my co-host saying don't do it. I got the Xander fanboy to, saying electro, to do it. You told me to electroshock. That is true. You. you did tell me to electrocute me. Uh, I don't he hasn't know, won in a while. He hasn't won in a while. He hasn't won in uh, about a, Actually, it, it will be a year next week since he won, last mm-hmm. won. So, yeah, I guess that is a while. Uh, I mean, it's a short time for Xander, but... Uh, Oh, it's a while for other crazy. guys. So, oh. Hey, it's 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 true though. All right, let's get to other guys in the stream. We can't just talk about Xander. So I'm assuming that you bet either Spieth or Cam Smith uh, this week. So why don't you talk about either one of those guys? Why do you like Spieth or Cam Smith this week? I bet Cam Smith the other uh, last night. He was at he was at thirty to one, and I thought that might drop, and it did. And then I saw a column, and now I'm upset. <laughs> I was throwing up before. Uh, because hey, he's, he's, he's actually been hot lately. I don't care. It's the, it's, uh, it's the, it's, it's the vibe, man. It's the vibe. Now, <laughs> to be fair, like when I, 
when uh, he had Rom at the Masters, and I like I was really scared of Rom at the Masters this year, and that turned out to be that turned out to be correct. I'm glad he didn't have Xander, but I, based on everything, I thought this was going to be like a Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed type golf course. Uh, that's why I asked you at the top if you could spray it everywhere. We talk about Kapalua and Augusta. But his Cam Smith's U.S. Open record isn't that great. I think his best per- performance was at uh, his first one at Aaron Hills. Uh, Chambers Bay, actually. That's what I meant. Yep. Thank you. And like, I'm considering that money like flushed down the toilet now. Um, I don't know. He's been playing better. When you think of Cam Smith, do you think of him as a a two time major winner? That was some. That was a question I asked when I took Fitzpatrick at the uh, at the PGA. That yeah. you know, a two time major winner. That's that requires a certain amount of pedigree. And is Cam Smith that type of player? Yes. And last year, I mean, he was what top five player in the world. He looked like he was one of the best. Yep. So yeah, he could be. But and. I'm, Again, I don't have a clear take on the golf course, and it's 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 confusing me because I think if it's going to be firm and fast, and I think St. Andrews, these guys hitting dust balls, like yeah, like Cam Smith, he won there last year. Why not? But then yep. you know, I got sobled, so we'll see. But I can just root so, for and see what happens. So listen, so Steve talked me off the ledge because I didn't know that until you texted the group chat, and I was fucking pissed. I'm sorry. I did the same thing. I did the same thing last night. I was like 30 to one. I was like, let me go ahead and bet that after Steve talked to me about the core. And I was like, all right, let me, let me just get Cam Smith. He's right. I'm going to bet him anyway. Might as well just bet him now. Um, and so I won with Ram at the Masters. He didn't solo me there. Congratulations. Uh, who was the other one? Yeah. I, I, had Hovland, one? I had Hovland two weeks ago. That worked out. Okay. I had Hovland. I, I would have had Finau if he didn't talk me off him too, by the way. So uh, yeah, you've been doing that a lot this year. You know, in Mexico? Yeah, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, I was How on vacation. I, I was on vacation. I didn't really care at that point. <laughs> I had a heart attack. <laughs> well, I'm debating whether to <laughs> say right. something that might give my co-host another heart attack. You know, I'm just going to say it. Why not? Uh, right. So there's another guy that is a former top five player who has won the Players' Championship and a one-time major winner, uh, Webb Simpson. And uh, maybe that's Cam Smith. Uh, oh, fuck you. I'm just reporting the facts, people. It's <laughs> not so. a fact. That is absolutely <laughs> not a fact. All right. I mean, um, listen. I, I like I like Spieth. I like Cam Smith for a lot of reasons. You know, the Kapalua, Augusta comps. You know, around the green play is going to be really important. If it plays really firm, I think that's going to be to their benefit. You know, and even that U.S. Open you brought up, Jeff, that Chambers made. There is a little bit of that in this piece of property where you know they're going to be kind of flexible with the tee boxes. You know, throw guys a little bit of a curveball every single day. There are some elevation changes and some uneven lies at Chambers Bay as well. It's a funkier golf course. Guys aren't really used to it. Maybe the fact that Cam Smith hasn't really been a tr- good in traditional U.S. Opens like your Torrey Pines or your Wingfoots or your Brooklines or your narrow, deep fairway ones, maybe a little wider corridors, a little different style of golf uh, might be a little better for him. So I, I like both this week. Um, you know, listen, if, even if they don't win, um, they can definitely contend. So What's ownership looking like in that range? So right now, Xander is actually the big uh, popular guy. Oh, come on. Yeah. We're Rory mega- right above him? That doesn't Rory, make any sense. Rory is sandwiched between Mega Chalk Hovland, Mega Chalk Xander. And then honestly, there's not really a whole lot of ownership below him. Speed is about 15%. 
Cam Smith is sub 10% right now. Uh, home is about 10%. Cal Moore, Cal is about 11%. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's all basically Xander and then kind of contrarians after that. So I guess why don't we talk about the other uh, four guys in this range? Let's talk, let's talk about more Cal. Okay. Let's talk about more Cal with them. Go first. He was two, was he three, two, three shots? Get closer to the mic, by the way. Sorry, 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 sorry. So he was two or three shots off, right? When he was Yes. Right. So playing well. Better. Yeah. Back spasms aren't like a thing you got to worry about. Like that shit happens to me. Like when I'm pick up the, pick up the yad wrong. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a, it's not like a recurring injury. You just had a heart attack. We're going to compare your physical condition to Colin Morikawa. (laughs) That's fair. Listen, but I'm saying like, so back spasms aren't like a recurring thing. It's not like a pulled hammy. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's, not lingering now it can come back at any point but he was playing well if it's going to be playing they can run the ball on the ground like he did at the open like i don't hate it for a contrarian play maybe a better bet so he doesn't sink all of your shit but i don't mind what what is this argument right now it's just a contrarian play like if he's not going to get any ownership because last night you said last night he sucks you said for the last three months Fake yeah. wins, and you brought up that yeah, open yeah. championship that wasn't even a real open, according yeah. to you. Running the ball on the ground, it was pillow soft that week. I know there was about? no wins, and I had a Louis. T- I had a Louis ticket that. Thank you, did. And Louis, I did. Louis should have won that fucking thing. Um, now nah, you're right. Like I think I was just, I'm just looking at it. Like, is anybody going to play him though? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. All right, do you guys want to know why Morikawa was going to win? Because this was my plan to bet Morikawa for three months, and then he got the back injury, and I'm like, you know what? I definitely can't. After getting punched in the face by Morikawa for the last like three months, and I mean, I get it, you know, the elite iron play, but there's a lot of holes in this game too. As far as I, I don't really, it doesn't seem like he trusts where the driver's going. The last couple months, I've seen a lot of tee shots where he hits it. And then the driver just kind of goes to the side and he just kind of watches it sails away. And uh, between some of the struggles around the green, I don't know. I think yeah. I'm out of work. I think the back injury is just the cherry on top for me to kind of stay okay. away. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Colin more than anybody. I can't, I can't get there. I would more rather make a case for Homa popping than I would Morikawa if you're looking for a contrarian play. Yeah. Uh, Do you think Homa's going to stay contrarian though? You know he's going to catch Steve. California narrative. Play him in California. Holds the course record here. Like he's going to he's not going to stay low. Morikawa doesn't have a California narrative? No he does but which one's fresher in everybody's brain? I think they're equally fresh. I don't think so. Max Homa is like I mean think about he's been a darling over the past year. Like, Yeah but he's been shitty in majors and I don't think he's going to be very popular. And but if I'm just comparing those two players, I've just I was on. Listen, maybe I'm just doing it out of spite, but I was on Max at the Masters and he kind of got a bad draw. And then I was on him again at the PGA because I was like, you know what? He got a bad draw at the Masters. And then at the PGA, then he was sneezing and sniffing and had allergy attacks during his press conference. And he got beat by pollen at the PGA. And now he's back in California. So maybe <laughs> maybe it might be a little bit but and maybe he's a little more under the radar this time and he could pop. And he's been sick and tired of hearing about how he been, been shitty in majors. And he's I think he's gonna make a make a case to be a top player. 
So if so, you want to if you want to go down Narrative Street with Homa, so he talked to Jeff Shackelford a couple weeks ago, and he specifically mentioned his major record. He felt like he was over preparing too much for everything, so he would basically do what I did: go to Google Earth, chart everything out, take little notes, and he just wasn't really playing golf. Mm-hmm. And he actually said that he wasn't going to try doing that this time around. He was just you know because he knows the track, he's been there. And he's going to try not to overprepare. So we'll see if that actually makes a little bit of an adjustment for him. Um, I think he's really popular in the outright market because a lot of people bet him back in like January, probably expecting that maybe a good finish at the Masters or a good finish at the PGA. Then you kind of propel yourself to the win there. Hasn't really come yet. But for DFS, it seems like, I mean, it just, he doesn't look great in any of the models. Like the approach plays just okay. Off the tee is okay. And around the green, just okay. So. Uh, I mean, if you want to buy into the narrative of, you know, at least for low ownership for DFS and maybe, you know, this might be the one to kind of get them over the finish line or at least, you know, the first time actually being contention or something. Uh, I mean, you can definitely make the case and go to them. So, uh, I mean, the guy I, I, I kind of like Fitzpatrick in this range. I mean, if we're talking about guys who got really good short games, um, you know, wider fairways, he's got he's developed a little bit more length to. Uh, I think he did well at Aaron Hills a couple of years ago, and, I, I, and he's really good on Bermuda, uh, scrambling off of it. Great bankrest putter, uh, doesn't bogey a lot of holes either. So, and he's not drawing a whole lot of ownership either. He's sudden, he's in at about ten percent right now. So, I think you make a case for a lot of those guys other than Xander. Um, you know, going contrarian in the nine thousand dollar range. Capper, you got anybody? Any other comments, or you want to move on? Yeah, we can move on. We're kind of running late. I'm fine with I'm fine with Homa, man. Like, I, I just don't think he's going to stay that low on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with. It. I I just don't like Fitz. It makes sense that he should play well here because I hate him. Uh, <laughs> you do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I have not found out if his uh if he's played the golf course with his uh his dad. Yeah, did he vacation here as a child? Did, is, is there some sort of is some sort of childhood connection? It's probably too far, right, for the English. He stayed on the East Coast, yeah, oh, pr- pr- probably. So maybe maybe did you he see had his it. new choppers. You see, I saw pictures of his new choppers today. I did not see that. Yeah, he still looks like an asshole though. So <laughs> doesn't doesn't help. Doesn't okay. help. Still looks like a prick. All right, eight thousand dollar range. So it looks like a lot of the ownership is going towards Terrell Hatton for oh. obvious reasons. He looks great in everybody's stat model. A lot of the ownership is going to hit to Hideki. Yeah, and that's really about it. So uh, Jeff, why don't you start with you? How about a couple guys you like down this range? In, in your uh, I don't really like this range a lot. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I figured that the chalk would be uh, Hatton and Hideki. And you know, you guys know me. You know, I love Hideki. But yep. I'm not going to mess around there. I kind of like Shane Lowry a little bit sitting there at uh, 8,500. And what about, uh, what? and also Tony Finau might be. Lowry is so painful, man. He can't fucking putt. Like, yeah, he's been is. good, though, in the last couple of majors. Right, let's see. I got, I, got some, I got some data here. You got yeah, the data PGA, he was 12th. Um, yeah, last three majors, 21st, 16th, and 12th. Um, firm and fast if it ends up that way. I just think, and, you know, he wasn't great at the Canadian Open. I didn't think he was going to be great at the Canadian Open. But I just... Uh, if it plays the way I think it's going to play, and it's like an ownership pivot based on yeah. Hatton and uh, and Hideki, I'll take. I think I take a shot with Shane Lowry. But again, I don't really. I'm not in love with this range. But if I end up here, I think that's where I would go. And also, I'm, I'm looking at Finau because I think he's going a little 
uh, a little ignored since he since he hasn't been great since he won. Yeah. And I think it's time he he had a stretch of majors a couple of years ago where he was top ten almost every major, and he hasn't had a top ten in major in a while. And I think we're going you know strokes gained. He's due. I think okay. he's gonna, I think he's going to play well. So I'm going Finau if he's under the radar and Larry. Okay. So with JT being 8700, what price would he have to be for you to actually click and put him in your lineup? I'm, I'm not going to play JT. I think. So I'm saying, what price would you play? Like if he was 7500, would you play him? Well, do I want to win my contest that I'm that entering? <laughs> I think he's. Right. I think he's hurt. I think it's pretty obvious that there's something going on. He hasn't been playing well. And I'm not in a position where I want to take flyers. I think he's up to like 50 to one in the outright market yeah. and people are yeah. starting to talk about it. And yeah, Southern Hills, you want to make that comp? Yeah, I get it. Okay, fine. Put a couple bucks on, him. but uh, no, I'm not there. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't like the $8,000 range. I don't like Sungjae and burn like all these. I don't, I'm just, I, I like guys I at the top. I'm probably going to skip and end up in the sevens a little bit. And that's how I'm building. Okay, I just wanted to, I wanted to see what what the temperature was on JT because like even at fifty to one he didn't spark my interest to bet and at eighty seven hundred I'm still not putting him in my DFS. That's why I was just curious like if, if there was a number. Like I think you're right though. Like I just don't think I'd fucking play him. <laughs> it doesn't matter what his price is. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's more if I can get if he's like four percent, then yeah. I can probably spin the Southern Hills narrative like you just said. I can spin. He shot sixty three at Aaron Hills. So, and he's really good around the green, you know, at least, you know, he's got some distance that's always important in the U S open, but yeah, I, I, you know, there was speculation around the masters that he's dealing with a hip injury mm. and maybe that's still a thing for him. So uh, I, I like that Finau call though. Uh, I mean, really the only thing that's been bothering him lately is the putter. Everything else around the green has been great. The iron numbers, they've tailed off a little bit, but you know, still a really good long iron player. Uh, really good off the tee as well, um, you know, and good at Shinnecock Hills. He has that good major record, good at Augusta. Um, so, yeah, and, and even so, I looked a little bit at, you know, his win at Memorial Park last year. A lot of shade, Bermuda lies to some very undulated greens. So the fact he could do it there, um, you know, he also has a couple of good finishes in Albany. There's a lot of shade, Bermuda around those greens too. So, um I, 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 you know, the fact that nobody's really going to him for DFS. Um, I mean, he's burned me a lot, but I can get to it. Uh, what about DJ? Any, uh, any love for him? No, yeah. I, I, I thought about it. Uh, I've been fading DJ since he left, and I just think he's like retired. People get pe- people get mad. Paulina, you know, they had that great comment on Netflix about he's going to show you who the fuck he is. And like, yeah, okay, Paulina, (laughs) he's counting his money. Uh, Good good on him. I, uh, I'm, I'm like a little afraid. I'm a little afraid of Dustin Johnson. I'm not going to lie, but maybe, maybe I'll sprinkle him in one or two lineups. I'm trying a multiple lineup thing this this week. It's been a little while, so I might experiment. But I just, uh, you just don't, I don't know what you're going to get from it. And that's, that's the problem. I just, a question is motivation. I have, and to this point this year, it's kind of worked out. He hasn't really done anything. So I don't know. Do you, do you like, do you like him, Steve? I mean, not really. 
Uh, the live results have been kind of uninspiring. I also had some positionals on him at the Masters and the PGA just thinking, okay, you know, he's just going to turn it on. And he slept, walked through the whole thing. Um, I mean, you can make Shinnecock comparisons with him. You can make Augusta comparisons with him. You can make, you know, I, I mean, Riviera is a very low-hanging fruit. I, I don't see a ton of Riviera in this place other than George Thomas designed it. But um, you can make that case, too. I, I'm not in. I, I think I've taken the cheese too many times with DJ. Um, I agree with you. I don't really love this range either. Uh, I do really like Hideki a lot this week. I know he's popular, but it just seems like anytime we go to a golf course with uneven lies, I know you made that grace case for him in 2021 uh, mm. when he won the Masters, and you referenced Kapalua. Kapalua is definitely a golf course I'm looking at a lot this week. He was really good at Aaron Hills, too, so... Uh, I definitely really like Hideki this week. Um, you know, just great iron numbers, great around the green play, really good scrambler on Bermuda as well. So that was a big plus for me. Um, but yeah, otherwise though, it's a lot of guys who I just kind of feel like are kind of dead. <laughs> um, Sungjae, Burns, Jason Day got his win. He might be dead. Cam Young might be dead. JT might be dead. DJ <sighs> might be dead. So like yeah. one of those guys are going to pop though. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I guess of 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 Sungjae Burns, Jason Day, Cam Young, who's gonna pop this week? Give me Burns. You want Burns? Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you, Capper. That's who I would have said. I think I want Sungjae. I think he's too much good. of a knucklehead. If this is like a thinking man's golf course, he's just gonna fire at the pin. He's gonna have a three wood, three wood out of the fucking bunker. You're so right. I mean, he's good at uneven lies though. He's pretty good on Bermuda. He makes so many dumb decisions. I know he makes a lot of dumb decisions, but I, I, I think so, he start, He hit it. I know he sucked at Memorial. I think a couple weeks ago, but he hit, he finally hit his irons a little better. So maybe things are kind of starting to figure out with him. He didn't play in Korea last week or anything. No, he he did not play in Korea to wreck his schedule there. I don't know what the hell that was about. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Like I was looking at his page on like Tuesday. I'm like, what the hell is he doing in Korea last week? So. All right, um, seven thousand dollars, Camper. Why don't we start with you, actually? So, okay, talk talk about a couple guys above seventy five hundred bucks you like a lot. Uh, so Keegan, obviously, uh, off the tee, long and straight, uh, good long iron player, good around the green. The aim point putting has really improved. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I should just I should just record that and then just uh, play yeah. that as a yeah. sound drop for every time we mention Keegan because you say the yeah, exact same fine. thing. No matter that's if fine, it's like it's, if it's, it's if it's Harbor Town or if it's Wingfoot, you're going to say the exact same thing about Keegan every single time. So I mean, that's 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 fair. I mean, okay. listen, I, I, you, you tell no lies, uh, but right. no, I do li- I do like him here. Um, I mean, obviously, last year was like a home game for him, um, you know, in Boston, but uh, he played really well there. Uh, thought he actually had a chance. Uh, I mean, his approach numbers have been kind of falling off a little bit, but. I don't know. Like I'm fine with him at 7600. He can he can score and he's not as bad as part of he used to be. Um, and he's not, he's gonna be just like really low owned, which is fine because Ricky's gonna take all that ownership. Uh, Bryson's taking a ton of ownership. Uh, so is Justin Rose. So I like I like Justin Rose. Like he he always seems like he can compete in this. Did good in Canada. Did good up in Rochester. Um, definitely a first round leader bet for me. Um, but yeah, uh, Rosie has been playing really well. Um, he's uber chalked to those, so it just depends on how you're going to do your lineup build. But those are the two guys I like above 70. Okay. All right. Let me tease something up for Jeff here. Oh, so, oh Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. He's at 7,500. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to tell you Patrick Reed because I know you like, I like him too, but yeah. 
So Bryson has a lot of ownership. Tell me exactly why that is bad shock. And I know, I know the answer, but I want you to say it. Elevation changes, man. Yes. He's got he's got his all his irons or this all his wedges, everything's the same length, and he struggles. He struggles with these elevation changes. It's the proof is in the pudding. It's been proven over time. It is not a cockamamie take. <laughs> now it's not I can't claim full complete ownership of that. I heard Andy Johnson talk about this a long time ago, and that's why I wouldn't never like him at Augusta. That's why even at a track like Kapaloo, where you could bomb it everywhere, it's not a good it's not a good scene for him. And uphill, downhill, side hill, he just seems to he seems to struggle with that. And until proven otherwise, and I, I'm so, Steve, I'm so glad that you remember that that you brought it up because I knew he was going to be popular this week, and I knew I had this take in my in my back pocket. Like God, oh, that's a that's a mistake. Don't play Bryson this week. Just like uh, Jason Day at the PGA. I said, no, nah, it's going to be cold. It's going to be rain. Yeah. Don't play Jason Day or, or, or at Augusta. And maybe it was Augusta, but the weather was going to be a problem. So don't play Day. Don't play Cantlay. It's going to be cold. Sometimes just wait until they prove you're wrong. And then just die on that hill until otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, love it. I uh yeah I'm not I'm not playing Bryson I like I like Justin Rose I do like I do like Patrick Reed mm-hmm. you said Ricky's very popular he's a big chalky guy in that yeah he's the most popular guy in that range oh, yeah, yeah he is we'll, we'll see if I mean there's a lot of public money doing this stuff so he'll probably be high owned but I mean he does have a lot of stuff you're looking for this week too but yeah it, it, mm-hmm. he definitely is drawn it's I mean unfortunately all the guys I really like in this range are highly Trump. owned you know Adam Scott Ricky Fowler Justin Rose. Even Reed's drawing double-digit ownership right now, too. And I really like I <laughs> those really, are, those really, are the four really guys like, I have written down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Wyndham Clark is also drawing a lot of ownership just because his ball striking numbers are really good. And he's around the green numbers are decent. He's a good bankgrass putter. I mean, yeah. he's Andercurse, though. So yeah. that's not great. Which was weird. That's not great. Uh, all right. Why don't we turn this to that should be called the show. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, why don't we go under 7,500 bucks? Jeff, is there anybody you like down in this range? I've, all right. I looked at a, just, I got three guys here right. that I'm looking at. I like uh, Minwoo Lee a little bit. I think okay. that he's been playing. He's been playing okay. He was good in his last major. I like uh, Ryan Fox. Me and my brother, yeah. we both like to play Ryan Fox lately, and he's been good in the majors. And uh, Steve, we have to talk about Phil Mickelson. Or Capital, we need to talk about Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Why? Do you think, okay, just think about it. All right, just think about it. Just think about it. Is there a world where Phil, with his short game, if you hit it anywhere, it's not a traditional U.S. Open, like the, Phil against the world, career grand slam, merger with PGA like is there a world where Phil kind of like sticks it to the to the golf world all of our pets heads will fall off maybe <laughs> I, I, I understand but that's why I asked you at the top of the show like can you hit it anywhere like it's not going to play like a traditional US Open yeah I can 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 you can you magically if it's like a Jordan Spieth, Cam Smith, Patrick Reed, I mean, 
Does he still have the hands? Tiger like won his major with his hands is around the green game and saving par. I don't, I, know, I, winning, I don't know what the winning score is going to be, but I don't know either. What, so what's yeah. that? In, what's that in Vegas? What are they saying? What so I, I don't think they come out with it. I think 10 under is my guess. Okay. Uh, I saw a line on FanDuel that they're setting it tentatively. Like they did some like, um, like will history repeat itself props and they did minus six or better at like minus one ten. I actually took a little bit of that because I think that is a little low. Um, but I think minus 10. I think unless this course really bakes out in three or four days, I see this being kind of receptive with some of the greens and unless they just make impossible pin positions, which they've changed, you know, management of the USGA. It doesn't seem like they want to do that as much. I mean, they could have made Pebble Beach impossible uh, a couple of years ago, but they chose not to. They kind of said, okay, well, this is just what we have here. I think 10 under is probably the winning score. But back to Phil, though. So I think this is the key difference. You know, he did great at the Masters, but anytime you talk about the Masters, he comes back, he's like, oh, why just, you know, if I miss it over there, I know where to miss it, basically. Mm-hmm. And while it is wide fairways, there are places where you don't want to miss. It takes birdie, basically, out of the question. It take, makes par kind of difficult. And there, probably, and there are places around the green where you can't miss either. So I think that's the key difference when talking about Phil at Augusta using his magic and the, you know, the magic beans and everything. And this one, I mean, can he play well? Theoretically? Yes. Uh, he has pop off the tee. still has the short game. Um, California guy, California guy. But if you guys want to play him, then you don't see, you know, you don't see it. I can see it. I can see it. I just, I don't know, like whatever. Like, I mean, if you, it depends on how many lines you make and sprinkle it in, have some fun with it. But like, I don't know. I think I like some other guys. Like, like I like Eric Cole a lot better. Like, that's my guy. Like, I love Eric Cole. I'm gonna fucking play him. He's a little jockey for Eric Cole, but he's seventh K flat. Been playing really well. I think of him as a Florida guy. Loves because uh, that's what he does. Like, he plays well on Bermuda. A little worried that he does everything with his putter, and these greens are gonna be extra slick. And I don't know how. Well, he's going to do that, but at 7K, I like, I'd rather play cold. Okay. Um, doesn't seem like anybody's really going back to Denny McCarthy. Actually, no, I take that back. His ownership is spiked. Uh, I, earlier, I, it, it was low, but now it's up. How about, uh, how about Harris English? He's done one a couple of US Opens. He's pretty good around the green. Uh, everyone was on him at Oak Hill and that failed. So maybe this is the time yep. to go back to him. He's not totally dead either. Uh, you know, a third at the Quail Hollow. Those are tough conditions. You know, T12 at Colonial. That was really firm. T2 at, at Bay Hill. So in some of tougher conditions, he's done pretty well this year. So, and he's drawn, I think, 5% ownership right now. That's not a bad play. Uh, Russell Henley does pretty yeah. well in US Opens. I mean, he was, you know, 54-hole leader at Torrey Pines. He did well at Shinnecock a couple years ago, too. Um, you know, he has 16th Memorial, 16th Charles Schwab. I mean, he's playing good lately, and no one's really on him. It's about, I think, 7% ownership right now. No. I think that's a good name. Do you think, uh, let's talk, here's another question. You brought up Russell Henley. Do you think that it's, uh, like, uh, short hitters would be okay? I, I do think you need pop here just because um, there are a lot of really long approach shots. And if the, if the fairways aren't rolling out quite as fast, that's going to put them a little bit of disadvantage. I also know this too. 
Uh, so I, I watched a lot of the Walker Cup, and I was able to track where those guys are hitting their approach shots from versus where the U.S. guys are hitting their approach shots from. And yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. The U.S. was stacked, and the you know the British guys had a bunch of bums. But at that point, they were all amateurs at that point. And all the U.S. guys were always hitting second because they were always a little farther out. And the GBI team just, they had like 200, 215, 220 to a lot of these greens and were always just leaving it short or leaving it in a bad place. So I worry about with a little bit of a shorter hitter, you know, how big of a ceiling he might have. But Russell Henley has proved it in U.S. Open conditions at longer golf courses and is really excellent around the green and doesn't make a lot of bogeys. So, you know, that's where I'll make an exception. But overall, though, I do think the guy who's going to win this is going to be a guy, an elite driver, just like with every other basically U.S. Open we've had. All right. Fair. Okay. okay. Good stuff. All right. Anybody else? Or can we move down to the uh, 7000 or $6,000 range? Real quick, what do you think about... Uh, so... What, are, what about Straka, man? He's been playing pretty well. Uh, I, I, I have a checkered history with him. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam Straka. I mean, I, mean, I mean, he stole the Honda Classic from me when I was oh, on Lowry. I had him at Sanderson at, I think, 70 to 1. And, I mean, really, uh, TIO I mean, rules stole, deal, stole that away, from, uh, my win away from me well, for Straka. You were the only person in the community who wasn't happy about the Wilsey win. But what's no, I had Will Zalatoris. Oh, yeah, so no, I'm talking about the Sanderson. Oh, okay, okay. where I might have been the only person in the community um, who actually bet that tournament. That's yeah. so, no, I, I, yeah, he's fine. I, you know, actually, I, I just I forgot about one guy. Um, Meadow Prayer, 7,200 bucks. Although I think he's yeah. is he drawing some ownership? Yeah, he's Probably. drawing a lot of ownership. I, he just, I think he's just a good player. I think he's under, yeah, I think he's underpriced at that point. So, I mean, like, look at the other guys are like around him, you know, like Justin Suds, a hundred dollars. Less than Mito Pereira. Taylor Montgomery is $200 more expensive than Mito Pereira. Yeah, like the broken Aaron Wise. You got Danny McCarthy. You got Seamus Power more expensive than Mito. Like, Mito's better than all those guys. Yeah. So, Minwoo Lee, baby. Yeah, I like Minwoo. I like Minwoo. I like Minwoo. All right. Let's go dumpster diving. Jeff, who are some of your favorite guys down in this range? It's not pretty. I'm happy to see our boy uh, Sebastian Munoz back in the fold. Yeah, like him, 6,700. Little baby swag, I believe. Yeah. Just yeah. had a kid. Okay. All yep. right. On Twitter. Um, I, have a, I have a list of five guys. They're all above like 6,500. So, do you just want me to just read them off here? Yeah, yeah go, go for it. All right. So, California guy, Patrick Rogers, 6,900. Not playing as terrible as you might assume. Uh, Andrew Putnam. Had a might have had like a WD and some a little injury problem, but seemed to be coming back from that and playing a little bit better. He's a he's a positive he's a positive game. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, your boy Lucas Herbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like him sixty seven, and then uh, the big pole Adrian Moronk. He might yeah. be a player sixty seven hundred. Yeah, now I, I don't know how popular any of these guys are in terms of ownership and everything else. They'll probably be sprinkled. They'll probably be sprinkled. Morocco. Morocco. Yeah, Morocco will be popular. But there's well, not. Well, he, he boned a lot of people, including me last week. That's so fair. So maybe if you, I mean, I'm looking at where, where is he on the list? Here? Yeah, he's low. Yeah, he's not catching any yet. Yeah, I, I think people are just like, eh, maybe, yeah, 3%. So <laughs> sign me up. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. 
I mean, underneath 6,500, you got all these open qualifiers. Some of these guys haven't even played anything ever. Uh, you want to go uh, you Dylan Wu, Capper, you want to say uh, Nick Hardy? You want to Nick Hardy? No, but I like, I like Dylan Wu, man. Fucking, he's uh, playing really well. He's 6,400. I'm out on I'll the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, anybody want to do Old Man Kuchar? Well, we just talked about these bunters. I don't know if he's going to have the teeth. Uh, what's his ownership? Uh, he's at he's at 2% ownership. And T20 he's last fine. week. He's washed. I can't. T20, T23 at Quail. Eighth at Genesis. All right. All right. Okay. Do I coach her, huh? Uh, I don't know if I like him, but I think it's, I'm pointing it out. <laughs> what about my boy, Um you go Patrick Rogers. He's got some pop and he's good around the green. Good bank rest putter. That's the first name I mentioned, yeah. Steve. Come on. Yeah, credit. All right. All right. My apologies. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really about it. I like your Putnam pick, though. Capper, what about you? Anybody I like, uh, like Kiriyama. Of course you do. Yeah, because, yeah. We'll do whatever. He's 6,800. He won fucking like two months ago. Like, he's, he's better than Adam Svensson and Joel Dahman. Like I can't wow. believe you had a heart attack. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're so calm. Capper, just relax, man. You're talking about Kirk Kitayama. Just relax. It's okay. Not that easy, man. I try to explain that. Like, I don't want to be built this way. I just am. Like, this is what it is. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, Peters, 68. Any thoughts on him? Well, he's, I looked at him. Uh, it's yeah. a good call. He, he, he just WD. He just withdrew from the DC Live event after two rounds. And I don't know what that means. I don't either. And he's, he, I, he's been pretty bad over on Live. Yeah, yeah but it might. That, who cares? It might not matter. I th- I think it, it matters a little more than what people think. I mean, they're still playing golf at the end of the day. They still get mad if they hit bad shots, especially Peters so, gets really mad. Yeah, so yeah. like, I, I don't think you just completely ignore what's going on over there. No. Yeah, but if he feels disrespected and now he's got something to prove, does he still feel disrespected? I, mean, I don't know. He, he got what, what if he does? That's my point. <laughs> All right. What, what's, what's his price? And I, 68. He's made the cut in his last five majors, 27, 28, 48, 40th. I don't know. I just, I looked at him. The WD is what put me off of him. Two top 25s in his last two U.S. Opens. So one at Brookline and then not 21, but 20. He's a good, he's a really good player. He is a good player. And I do, I do like I do like uh, Dylan Wu at, at 6400. Like I just think that's I think that's a misprice. Like, I I like, <laughs> you know, the uh, so yeah, I mean, dude, twenty fifth at the RBC, twenty first at Wells. I know Mexico sucked, but still fifteenth. Like yeah, man, like thirty fifth at the Players, tenth at Honda. Like yeah, I will take these results from a sixty four hundred dollar. Yeah, see, see, he's a really short hitter who's bad around the green. I don't want that this week. So he he like has been that's terrible that's- around the green. Man, like I mean, it's basically net negative. Uh, yeah, net negative is not good. Yeah, zero. It's fine. We're All right, so he lost. He lost to Canadian. He lost a lot at Charles Schwab. Gained a little bit at Byron Nelson. Lost yeah. at Quail. Lost in Mexico. Lost at Zurich. Gained it. Gained in uh, Valero. Okay, sure. And then he lost one, gained two, three, four, oh, sure, five in a row. He's he drives at three hundred. That fucking show. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. He drives at like two ninety six. I'm telling you right now, what I'm looking at shows me driving distance 300. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to audit that data. The first Who are we time. talking about? Dylan Wu. Yeah. Where are ah, you? Nah, come on, man. That guy missed a four foot putt to make the cut. Yeah. He's done. I don't know. We'll I'm out on the he, makes, he makes some stuff fit. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> All right. I got nothing else. Uh, Jeff, why don't you give a couple plugs? Tell us where you're at. And uh, yeah. Michael, okay. Right, All, right. All right. A couple plugs. I'm not big on self-promotion. On occasion, I will do a, a show on Wednesday nights. I might have lined up a guest or two at my uh, at the uh, sectional qualifying. So I might do some interview type stuff. I really enjoyed the one you did with, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Carson, Carson Young? Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, hats, it, hats it to our producer on that, by the way. He, yeah. he definitely lined up all of that. Well, that whole thing with the Mario Kart. You know, Nick Taylor is like the like world. Like, he's like a top 10 Mario Kart player. Yeah, I did know You guys got to get a, you, you know, you got to use that. Anyway, <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, Wednesday nights on YouTube, uh, Nagels Bagels. You can check me out or on, on the Twitter or whatever. I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest with you, with, with the show and with content. So just follow and stick around. You never know what's going to happen. You can play in the DraftKings contest, which is pretty good, that I put out every week. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I got right now. Okay. All right, Capper, got anything else? Nope, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at Boston underscore Capper. Everybody knows where to find Steve in our Slack chick. Nope. Discord channel. Uh, it's only been like two years. <laughs> it's fine. The, uh, I had a heart attack. Give me a break. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, and uh, yeah, listen, if you haven't checked out Steve's uh, his preview video preview, it's uh, it's like two hours long. Throw it at one and a half times speed. Plus, it makes them sound funny. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great man. It really breaks down the course, uh, shows you all the different types of angles. Really good job um, on that. And then tomorrow night we got Pamela Maldonado, and then we are doing the we doing the mothership tomorrow night too. Yep, at uh, I think ten o'clock. Mothership tomorrow night, and then we are interviewing. Uh, I think Jeff TV, Benson so of uh, Jeff Benson. Yep. Yeah, Jeff Benson on Wednesday night. We're doing Jeff Benson the Circa. He runs uh, their operations side, so uh, we can talk about conspiracies. And, uh, and I'm going to ask him why they constantly put 20 guys underneath 30 to one, and how that's fair to us and see to see what he likes. <laughs> so other than that, you can look forward to that type of shit. And uh, once again, thank you to our very very special guest, Jeff. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate Thanks, it. Sir. Yeah. Uh, other than that, let's go, baby. It's fucking major week.